Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to 7 Mile Chats. When I started this podcast over a year ago, my intention was to talk about scripture with people from different viewpoints. So far, I've mainly had guests who are Catholic, Protestant Christian, or non-denominational Christian, but I'm excited because today's guest offers a different viewpoint. I hope that you will enjoy today's episode. everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone that happens to be one of my closest friends here in Richmond. She is a career consultant and coach. She is also an RVA Green 2050 Roundtable member, as well as a member of the task force for establishing a civilian review board here in Richmond. She's a wife, a mom, and again, one of my closest friends. It's Angela Fontaine. Hello. Hi, Angela. Hi, Julia. And she's here with me. This is like new. Usually I'm like, you know, remote. We have two different computers, but we are in the same room, people. So we'll see how this works. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, but Angela, I, I said a lot. You're doing so much. We were catching up and like how busy you are right yeah. now. It's insane. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to tell everybody about you. Well, you, that's pretty much what I do for my things that I'm involved with. You can just jump in. Jump into the Jump in verse. If something comes up, I, I help other people as a career consultant. I help other people talk about themselves in a professional way. But when it comes to me, I just <laughs> don't know how to do it. So um, if it comes out organically, then we can we can do it. Okay. Then. But yeah, thank you for that nice introduction. Yeah, of course. So then after um, you know, I introduce everybody, I have you read the Bible verse, and then we'll get into it. So why don't you go ahead and read the verse you've chosen, Luke. Let's, let's make sure we get this right. <laughs> so it's Luke chapter 17. Yes. We're doing verses 20 through 21. Yep. All right. Okay. Go for it. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he said in reply, the coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, and no one will announce, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Okay, so I'm gonna give a little context of to like where this is. So we're in Luke's gospel. We're in chapter 17, which is part of the traveling narrative where Jesus is kind of like walking around. People are coming up to him. And this particular passage, the Pharisees, which were a group of Jewish leaders, they're starting to question him about all kinds of stuff. And they're trying to like, you know, they're trying to get him on, well, how well do you really know the teachings? Like, are you really the son of God? They're trying to like trap him essentially. And so the kingdom of God is such a broad thing. So I can't wait to talk to you about like what your idea of the kingdom of God is. But I think in this context, the Jews are, they're thinking about like the unification of heaven and earth. They've been promised that, that what their ancestor David was promised was like this kingdom that was going to be never ending. And so they're trying to, I think, question Jesus of like, when is this kingdom coming? Like, what is this kingdom? And Jesus essentially is saying like, well, you can't know when the kingdom is going to come. And actually, it's right here already. So I think that's kind of like where we're at. Yeah. My question is, why'd you pick this passage, Angela? Because uh, I, you know, you know that I'm not structural. I'm not 
traditionally religious. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I love theology and I love um, history and um, interpreting. I mean, when something connects with spirit, I still do very deeply believe in spirits. This verse really connected with me on a, a level that, you know, connects us with God directly. And that's how I've always felt since a little girl, you know, when I, back when I did go to church is I always felt like none of this is unattainable, but mm-hmm. within us. So when I read that verse as a kid, I was like, oh yeah, duh. You know, like, <laughs> oh yeah, like everything is God. And it's not something to attain, but something to realize within yourself mm-hmm. and among mm-hmm. you. And, um, that's kind of why it sits it sits with me mm-hmm. yeah and I think again like this verse is hard for me because I think there are so many different interpretations and ways that you mm-hmm. can take it and not that I'm I mean I'm not don't consider myself like a super literal person but when I am interpreting scripture I want to make sure that I'm getting it right mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. I think there's so many ways that you can interpret this so like I said I think the Jews are talking about their literal like coming of, of the Messiah still. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus saying for me as a Christian, like I am the Messiah, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it could mean so much more, like just as a spiritual person. So I don't know if you can say a little more about that, like like God being everywhere and God being within us or more about like what you Yeah, so you can, you can look at, so I equate God to, you know, life force, energy, mm-hmm. collective consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's parallels all, you know, religion in general. I think I've always had a hard time, like you said, being told what things mean, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to interpret them, how they sit with my spirit and my internal, you know, you can, and I'm also very stubborn and (laughs) um, a bit rebellious, so you can't (laughs) tell me what to do. Um, So, you know, at the time when I read this scripture, you know, I grew up Pentecostal, very spiritual, very expressive, um, very emotional. The way that they praise is just, it's an, it's a thing to behold. I mean, really it's like, it's a lot. It is. But with that same sense, I learned like, I mean, we had these traditions of like being, we call it being drunken in the Holy spirit. Right. And like, physically that is something that happens you are able your brain can you know every religion can have that it's Mm -hmm. not just because a christian or pentecostal or what have you people do that when they're just doing deep breathing exercises Mm -hmm. they can get high and feel like this exalting um of their spirit or psyche or what have you um so you know i think a lot of those things that i grew up experiencing were based in, in science or based in psychology but it was the first time that I saw in scripture that I felt like, yes, I am. God created me in his, how he want, you know, and mm-hmm. what is this? His what is, image and likeness his is image. the phrase right. that we use. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and when we're able to understand that we are a part of that, fear kind mm-hmm. of goes away. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So that's how I interpret this is like, don't be afraid mm-hmm. because you are a part of God. You are God. All of us make, this is what, this is God's creation, or this is the universe's creation, or this is the creation of this energy, however you want to interpret it. I, I think that it's all the same. That's my perspective. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I think sometimes with religion, organized religion, we get so focused on, we want to, at least I do, I'm speaking for myself. I like rules. I want to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. So I like that I have a map and a guideline and everything's all laid out for me. 
But I think we get so focused on the rules and we forget about that that connection. Like it's, I mean, the rules are set up to give us a connection. And I think we get so focused on the rules and not necessarily about the connection. So you're talking mm-hmm. about like we are created in God's image and likeness. I mean, that that's a lot to think about and a lot to, but it's good to remind us of that self because then we won't be, I don't know, so hung up on these other little things that we have to attain because it's already there. We're already mm-hmm. created as he wants us and mm-hmm. we have everything within us. Mm-hmm. And it, I think too, you know, when people, when you say, you know, well, I, you're not saying I am God, like I'm this all powerful knowing being, you're not saying that, but I can see how some people might interpret mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. that self-righteous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you really do truly feel like you are a part of this bigger creation, then all of those, you know, your conscious is your guys, what guides you, what's inherently wrong and right um, is something I've always felt was like in my internal dialogue is like, for some reason, that's just more, my morality mm-hmm. comes from within me. It doesn't come from, you know, something that I think I'm supposed to be doing. It's really inherent to mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's something to the, the Pentecostal teachings <laughs> of like being connected with the Holy ghost. Really? Like I got something from that. I don't necessarily be- believe everything. I don't, really under, mm-hmm. I never really understood speaking in tongues and all of that stuff. Um, I definitely pretended like I did, sure. which is <laughs> like thinking back, I'm like, what was I doing? You know, um, we've all been there. I, and even within the Catholic circles, there are, and I'm not knocking it at all. Like there are charismatic movements mm-hmm. and where people do get really wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And I like, I related to what you were saying before that, that kind of energy we can get from, you know, I get it from prayer. Some people manifest it with that charismatic, like the praising and the singing and the, the mm-hmm. tongues and all that like that. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm a music person, so I love the praise and worship stuff. And that would mm-hmm. sometimes take me to that emotional or spiritual place, but not necessarily all the mm-hmm. speaking in tongues and stuff like that. But I don't know, what are there some other ways that like you think that we can tap into that, that energy, you know, like besides prayer or music or... Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, like you mentioned prayer, like to me, like prayer, meditation, being in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a kid, I was taught you pray for things to ask, you pray for things to, I'm going to bring up TikTok because I've learned yes. so much things from there. <laughs> um, you know, I've gotten into meditation and yoga and being conscious of, you know, trying to be in the moment, um, not fearing death. Mm-hmm. You know, that probably is the biggest perspective changer for me is when I finally stopped fearing death, like my life just completely stop being so stressful, mm. you know, in deep breathing exercises, you're supposed to, you're taught like you're breathing in, um, positively positivity for yourself and bring out all of your negative, mm-hmm. but there's this ancient teaching maybe from Buddhist or an old, old religion, not Christianity that teaches you don't, it's not supposed to be selfish. You're supposed to breathe in all of the pain of the world and mm. breathe out light and love and Mm -hmm. it's collective it's not just Mm -hmm. you individually Mm -hmm. so like that I mean I'm getting chills just thinking Mm -hmm. about that like that energy of like being connected and reminding yourself that you are connected to other people and other you know and energy in the world like that just it makes you feel important but also makes you feel very small at the Mm -hmm. same time Mm -hmm. so like to me it just kind of takes away a lot of um anxiety and Mm -hmm. um realizing that, you know, my impact on the world is important, even though I'm just one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I truly do want good for everyone, not just myself. And when I'm giving to others is when I find 
you know, my, my greatest, I feel like my life purpose is being fulfilled. Um, so that's just one thing that I've changed about like being connected recently was when I, when I do breathe, it's not to get rid of my stress, but to like, that's my prayer to the world, you know, in the way that I'm doing it. Um, other ways. No, that's beautiful. I want to speak about, I want to talk about that. Cause okay. I feel like again, within church, community is supposed to be that, like, we're supposed to be doing what you described. Like my prayer, you were speaking earlier about like, you were taught to pray maybe just for like personal intentions, Mm -hmm. but that this ancient religion means that Mm -hmm. you should take in the intentions of everyone. And I Mm -hmm. think that my faith does teach that Mm -hmm. in theory, but I think we do get so caught up on the individual performance Mm -hmm. and the individual that we forget that we're supposed to be doing this as a community. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I just have experienced so many Catholics that, get so hung up on like certain teachings or something like that, that we're forgetting that the reason we're supposed to call out people on these things is to make a better community and supposed to be working as a whole. And I think we get so caught up on, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. My whole family, my family's Catholic and not that they're, you know, selfish. They're not, no, I have a wonderful family. Right. Um, but you know, I do see, you know, my grandmother grew up in a convent for some of her life. She's very staunchly Catholic. And, um, but I see that in, you know, in, any religion, not just Catholicism, is that like, if God is within you, or among you, or here created you in the in his own likeness, Mm -hmm. why do you need a book? You know, Mm -hmm. if you're attached to that spirit, that Holy Ghost, or whatever you want to say, like, to me, it comes from here, there's nothing, there are some amazing stories in the Bible, I have some favorite ones that like the one about the woman who um, gave her last three pennies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that story just I love it so much and as a child that was a very formative story for me Mm -hmm. especially as a child growing up poor in a in government subsidized housing like that made me feel bigger than I was so like yes there's a lot of value to it but like morality comes from within Mm -hmm. and being connected with your spirit is something that a, a book can't teach you you have to find that through, you know, you might be talking to God or ghost or Jesus or whoever, whatever deity it is. Um, just realizing we're not just flesh and mm. bones and mm-hmm. there's so much more out there to this reality that we have been blessed with or cursed. However you want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, I want to speak to the book thing. Cause obviously I'm a scripture teacher. I'm super invested in that book and I use mm-hmm. it in my prayer all the time. I mean, for me, it's life giving because mm-hmm. Um, and it helps me to find that thing within. So often I'll take mm-hmm. a, but I, I use it for meditation. So like I'll find a scripture verse and then it takes me to that place within where I can communicate with God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like a starter, like it's a jump start. And I feel like for me, God has left out this guideline, but again, we can get real hung up on like mm-hmm. some of these things that are listed in here and, mm-hmm. and not make that connection. So like what mm-hmm. you're speaking of, I feel like our little theme here is like mm-hmm. making that connection, whether that be. And that's because it comes from us and God. And so how will we get to that? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we just get so hung up on how we're getting to that rather mm-hmm. than focusing on that connection to us, right. God, the community. And we've all used the Bible. I mean, not we all have, but people have used the Bible to make up some really crazy rules. Sure. So like, <laughs> are you connected or are you just like interpreting something that's going to benefit your corporation Girl. or benefit your, um, your, whatever your motivation is to have this mega church, whatever right. it is, because right. you can interpret anything the way that you want to interpret it, especially a book that has been in, translated how many times, yeah. you know, so it can be, it's a powerful thing that it, like you said, it allows you to connect, 
but it also can it, people who are wanting power they can yeah. they've used it for yeah. to exploit a lot of power out of you know people that they are trying to help um so i think that you know whatever the the scripture the book the 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 thing that you use whether it's from this religion or that religion if you have a connection with it i think that's the most important right important thing because we all should be able to worship and and connect with whatever you know mm -hmm. however way we can i i guess is what i'm trying to say um, but also realizing that it's not fine it's not the end all be all sure. to that that path to the connection. Yeah. No, we limit, we limit God all the time because our human capacity right. is very limited. You know, right. we are limited as people. And so we try to put God in this box, whatever our version mm -hmm. of that is. And I think that he's so much more than that. And so I like my faith because it does talk about like service and connection mm -hmm. to others and social mm -hmm. justice. But even that he could, he's beyond even that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we're still limiting him in some way. And so mm -hmm. I don't know, you bring up so many I think it's Good interesting point. that, you know, God created us, Christian teachings, God created us in his image or in his likeness. But then what humans do is say, I'm creating God with my likeness. Yep. yep. And like, like, no, 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 no. Right. It's the other way around. Yep. So we can't comprehend. Right. What, mm -hmm. how we got here, why we're here. You know, we, we all, you know, somewhat believe like we're here to learn. We're here to you know, our spirits to grow or whatever, or some people might believe it's for punishment and that's why we have sin and all this, whatever. It could be, you know, lots of things. Um, I just think that's interesting. Like we, we can certainly not, if we moved God, Christian God into a more metaphysical, even more spiritual than what humans have created, I think most of us would be on the same page about mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, I, I totally, that phrase us making God in our likeness has come up a lot, like at this podcast and just in, oh, in my cool. life. And I feel like we all get that. Like mm -hmm. I think even other Catholics and Christians that I talk to, we get that we shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. And we tend to do that just because again, we're so yeah. limited. Yeah. So and we want to know, you know, we right. want to know. And like, it'd be nice if we looked like sure. God, but we don't, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know, yeah, we're getting a whole nother thing, but I want to talk more about some of the things that you said earlier, like the, that were more than just flesh and that mm -hmm. um, you kind of came to a, a, I still struggle with death and I have this faith that tells me that I'm going to go, you know, to this beautiful place where I'm not going to suffer anymore. I'm going to be totally united with God who I've devoted my life to. And mm -hmm. I, but I still like, mm -hmm. sometimes some days I can't wrap my head around that. So I don't know if, if that's too vulnerable. You don't want to go, but like what kind of helped you to get to a point where you didn't fear it? If you don't mind speaking um... to that. You know, I probably had a lot of fear, especially when I first had my son, because I want to be here with him. Sure. But I read a book recently called The Soul's Code. I was with my book club. Um, I'm going to send this podcast to them Good. when I'm done. So <laughs> okay. I'm name dropping my, my book club and third eye drops. I listen to all the time. Um, and it, the, the, there was a part of the book that, you know, well, the book, the premise of the book is, you know, you're born with this potential or this, you know, this is acorn theory. So you, you, you're an acorn and you're born with this acorn. And depending on how you are nurtured, you already have the, the DNA or mm. the, the spark or whatever it is, your path, everything's already there, mm -hmm. just how you grow up. So it put things into a concept of like, 
I really can't do wrong if I'm following my true self, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I think we get a lot really hung up on, like, am I making the right decisions, all of that? Um, am I going the right path? But, like, inherently feeling how you feel, you what you feel you should do, that's God to me. So, like, think of, like, now death. When I think about when I'm on my deathbed, I think what I'm fearing or was fearing was, did I live a life like I should have lived? Right. It's not the death part. Right. And, you know, doing these couple of things that I'm doing, like the task force, mm-hmm. police reform, mm-hmm. things that I've always wanted to do, but I was afraid. I was afraid to, I, I, am I an activist? Do I want that much attention? <laughs> do I, you know, and then when I thought about myself on my deathbed, I'm like, when I'm on my deathbed, I would, I better be, be like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. You know? So I guess it kind of took away the fear of death and then changed it into the fear of not living. Mm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I just stopped fearing death. I mean, and I think a lot of us are in that place right now, having survived a pandemic. Right. And I think we are thinking about like, how do we want to be spending this time? Because either we have relatives or friends who didn't make it through or yeah. we had the time to actually sit with ourselves and say, like, what could I be changing? What could I be serious? Yeah. You know, you you work with job consulting and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, and you're maybe the trends have just been on the news that like people don't necessarily want to go back to work right. or, or like in the same traditional sense that we did before. So yeah, things are to... way more important than, you know, especially, you know, being children of the 80s when women were just starting to like go to yeah. work and wear their shoulder pads and like climb that corporate ladder. Now the corporate ladder isn't looking as appealing, right? you know, it's like, I'm working, I'm giving my life to, you know, processing credit card inquiries, Mm -hmm. you know, right. Granted, we still need to make money in order to do the things that fulfill us, but maybe you don't have to do it 70 hours a week because Mm -hmm. you want to climb the corporate ladder. Maybe you want to do it a regular amount of time so you can make enough money to go on vacation with your family and have that time. So I think people are starting to get, you know, we've been kind of told what, what makes a successful American. And I think we're starting to be like, mm, yeah, no, I don't think, you know, a mega mansion is necessarily what success means. Totally. You know? um, yeah. I think it's been a good time. It, and we were talking about this at lunch too, before we started recording, like just, it's going to be interesting to see what the changes are that come out of this from this about reevaluation mm-hmm. time. But I want to get back to the scripture. We have a few more minutes. So sure. talked about your past and like, this was a passage that maybe came up when you were in the Pentecostal church Mm -hmm. and it resonated with you. And I think it is something that can resonate. It's a good verse for us to talk about because I think it can resonate with, it's a a verse that crosses, I think like it doesn't matter what religious domination or like denomination um, you come from, like the kingdom of God is within you, Mm -hmm. but because I am a scripture nerd. So like the (laughs) translation there's, there's like footnotes there, but um, the footnotes there in that Bible say that so our, my Bible's, you know, we as Christians have like a Greek translation and then okay. it was translation into Latin and then they translate the Latin into whatever language, you know, gotcha. English. Um, so it says the footnotes say that the Greek preposition among you can also mm-hmm. be translated as within, which mm-hmm. is what, you know, why you kind of picked it and brought mm-hmm. up. So I don't know if you want to speak more. We've talked a lot about how the, the within and the among mm-hmm. you, but I don't know mm-hmm. the part, purpose of this is like to relate it mm-hmm. to today and to other people. So what do you mm-hmm. kind of want to say about this mm. verse or how other people might be able to connect to it. I think we've yeah. already done a lot of that, but I, I, I guess to feel like you are part of the divine, mm-hmm. whether instead of thinking that it's outside of you and something that you need to attain um, is um, 
important for the success of, you know, your life, I think, you know, I'm not saying, like I said before, you know, you are not God in the sense that you can make decisions and be like, in a, you know, a powerful politician right now. I don't mean that, but, you know, if you realize that everything that you do and the decisions that you make are, is nothing to do with something that's tangible and earthly, that you probably most likely do have some inherent drive or value system or and drive and value system and goal and things that fulfill you that is that is is what i pull from this scripture mm-hmm. that is god fear not because we're told you know we have magazines and things that are influencing our everything that we do we have how many kids we're supposed to have when we're supposed to get mm-hmm. married all <laughs> these things that society what race we are all these things that society puts on us that makes us feel like we are not good enough or we're not functioning like we're supposed to be, or we're second guessing everything, but don't worry because you're part of God and you are God. So just keep on, keep on keeping on. Yeah. And um, explore that and don't be afraid. Um, This is a finite reality that we're in right now. So when you're on your deathbed, looking back, what's going to be important. Yeah. You know, so good check. I guess my last Real last thing. Um, so you mentioned like, no, so we, because we have that within mm-hmm. and you're cultivating that. So how would somebody who's maybe not of a religious background or subscribes to a religious system, how do you form that conscience or how do you form that value system? Would you say, um, I know it's different probably for everybody, but yeah. maybe you can speak personally. Or... So most atheists I know are pretty morally yeah. good people. For sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's what we like we just inherently could children, you know, that's just how until all these other influencers come in, mm-hmm. um, societal influencers come in. I think that's kind of what skews or trauma, you know, sure. childhood trauma, things like that. Um, so I think it depends on the individual. If you do have a lot of trauma, you might have to work through that with therapy or coaching. If you did have a very pressure in you know, a household with a lot of pressure, your values might lie in, satisfying somebody's, you know, becoming a doctor so your parents get off of your back and how much stress can come from that if it's not truly what you want to do, mm-hmm. um, but you want to make them happy. So I don't think that, I mean, it's definitely situational. I'm just bringing up a couple of things that seem to be pretty common reasons why people aren't inherently living their life purpose, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was raised, you know, I was raised in a religious home, but I was raised to do whatever I wanted to do by a mother with schizophrenia who was always doing something weird, Mm -hmm. but it allowed me to like really just be who I was. Like I never, she loved me regardless. Um, And that's another thing that I think is so interesting about, you know, this like God and love and everything is like, love really is the common denominator to success, Mm -hmm. like to, to being a full person, like loving yourself, being able to accept love and having parents that love you regardless of what you do. I mean, my mom was, she was a tough mom, but like, I look back and I'm like, I was never put in a box. Mm-hmm. I was always able to express myself freely. And after like seven or eight, I used to go to like, I was super, we were super, super strictly Pentecostal before then. Um, so, you know, just trying to shed all that stuff that doesn't make sense to you. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I think that's Does good that advice. Totally. Yeah, no, I think unconditional love yeah. is what you're describing. Yeah. So if you can find that unconditional love through, for me, like my God, mm-hmm. um, 
or through family you're describing, Mm -hmm. but with yourself, like unconditional love for yourself. And Mm -hmm. you can find that through scripture or books or meditation or whatever. But I think that is, like you said, the common. And acceptance. Yeah. And you're right. With kids, I liked your point about like kids come in and they they are not corrupt yet. And so we are inherent. All of us are inherently good. And like Mm -hmm. my faith teaches that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think all of us, you know, religious or not, I don't know. This is getting into a whole nother thing because I don't know if we believe that anymore. I don't know if we believe that people are inherently good, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I, you know, do because my faith says, but you don't have to be religious to believe that people are inherently good. Is I think the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's a question that I get a lot is like, well, if you're not religious, how do you build your, your right. system? That's so yeah. And yeah. I'm like, cause it's just human. It's like, right. that, that's like the most human spiritual way. Of course, if you have like a, you know, people who might be sociopaths might have like, brain issues but it's always something physical you know or then the trauma you know mm-hmm. so things happen that create other you know negative things um and your your value systems might be might not work for the people in general mm-hmm. um you know that's the whole issue we have going on in like war-torn countries like that's just perpetual perfect trauma perpetuating yep. itself mm-hmm. where do you stop it mm-hmm. we want to point fingers at like this religion or this country or this or that but those individuals also grew up with that trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's um, really getting at the root to uh, all of that. But I'm getting off topic. No, I think this, I've <laughs> covered so much. And I, I love this conversation. I mean, I talk mostly with other Catholics or other Christians. But I, mm-hmm. I love that we're talking about similar things. And I, the purpose of this was to kind of get people to see that, like, mm-hmm. if we really break down scripture, we're talking about similar things. Yeah. We're talking about what it means to be human, mm-hmm. the commonalities of that connection. I mean, we and we can all you know, achieve that in our different ways. So absolutely. Is there anything else you want to say about the verse or anything else you want to say? No. Shout outs at the end. I'd like people to shout out to social media. You're involved in so many things like oh, things you gosh. want to draw our attention to. You want to shout out. Yeah. So I uh, am, the, am the co-chair of the task force on establishing a civilian review board uh, for the city of Richmond. Our goal is to, well, we, we are tasked with creating a report that will suggest a body of police oversight, uh, whether that's a civilian review board, um, a independent body that uh, does investigations, all of that stuff. And the hopes of it is to essentially heal the relationship between the police and the community. And if you'd like to get more information, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Angel C with two E's, C-E-E-R-V-A. Um, and I can get you, we hold meetings once a week and we encourage the community to join us and to either encourage us or tell us what they don't like about us, um, whatever that may be. So thanks, Julia. Thank yeah. Thank you for chat. being here. You yeah. guys can follow me on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at Miss Struckley one, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y one. And I appreciate Angela, you being here. So thank no you. problem. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Bye.